Go Deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast, T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astra Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support, and remember, always go deep. All right, folks, welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. I'm John Doe. As you already probably know, we got another amazing show coming down the pipe for you. Before we get it started, I just want to recognize the fact we have a excellent selection of hoodies, pants, masks. We even got a tote bag if that's up for you. I think it's a tote bag. It's a bag. But you can catch it all at teespring.com. Just simply plug in the GDP Go Deep, the podcast, and you can find all our goodies there. So we're going to introduce the cast. We got a big one today. This is a very important subject. It's near and dear to most people, including myself, and none of us are able to get away with it. So let's just talk about it and not put. Let, let's not keep the stigma on anxiety and depression. So first on the show, I'm going to introduce Astro Moon. How are you? I'm good as always. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to hear you. It's been a little while, you know. Yeah, it's always, you know, you never have me on enough. I always love to come on and talk with you guys, especially, <laughs> especially my very new best friend, Alan Smithy. Oh, I just want right, to ask for hello, right Alan. Right back With that being said, Alan Smithy, welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh, buddy, you know, I'm going to try to keep it light today, even though it's a very serious subject. I'm just going to try to look on the bright side, the positive side of it. Excellent, excellent. And then with that being said, we got T.O. Big Show. How's it going, guys? Good to be back. Welcome, welcome. It's been too long. I know we don't have all the yeah. cast members, but I'd love to have yeah, you seems in. To be, yeah, seems to be the usual thing. It's been a while. <laughs> it always is, but you're always welcome here. This is always home, right? Yeah, of course. And then we got uh, our burger specialist, Sturzy. How are you, buddy? Uh, well, uh, I'll say right now I'm, I'm balanced. I'm balanced right now. Okay. Um, like you doing yoga? Nah, it's more like, you know what, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. I'm just riding in the middle right now. So. Okay. All right. Hey, um, okay, yeah. brother. You know what? Talk yeah. that shit out. That's it. You know, I'm not super energetic, but um, yeah, we're here. How okay. about that? We're here. All That's right. the main thing. And yeah. then you can always tell by that voice, uh, we have our car enthusiast slash specialist, Motorsports Mofo on the show. How are you, pal? I'm wonderful and always uh, glad to be here. Thank you uh, again for uh, having me and uh, look forward to uh, doing this with this fantastic group that we've uh, put together. I know. It's a big one today. I'm really excited about it. Even though like the subject matter isn't always uplifting. It's uh, definitely very exciting. All right. So with that being said, we got the cast introduced and welcomed on the show. So let's get it started. Anxiety and depression. Guys, uh, nobody gets away from this easily. It's a very difficult subject. And I feel like to some extent, everybody faces this, whether it's directly with themselves or with a family member. And I'll get into my situation a little bit later um, with my personal life. But uh, we're going to first start start off the show with uh, Asher Moon and some of her personal experiences with anxiety and depression and maybe how she's dealt with it. So, Asher okay, Moon. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, well, I actually am officially diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. And, you know, people make jokes about OCD all the time. They talk about, you know, organizing their pens or, you know, having to, like, have things in certain order, and that's obsessive-compulsive disorder. And that's part of it, but 
but that's not what it is. And FYI, listeners, it's actually really rude to people who have OCD to say things like that. So you should probably just, you know, not do that anymore. But anyway, what OCD is, is um, it's a series of like intrusive thoughts and like ideas and visions, like pictures in your head and things like that, that like drive anxiety, like in a person really, really badly. And what they do, what people like me do is we do like rituals and we have like little like compulsions and things that we have to do that kind of like balance our sense of order in the world and kind of like they're like they stave off. They're kind of like shields against our anxiety. But actually what they do is they make us more anxious because we're we become anxious trying to like more anxious trying to fill up those things. Right. Or mask it up a little bit. There are like various different um like levels like and and for everybody it's different because you know it's how you react to things and what actually like causes your anxiety and things like that right but for me personally mine's not super super prevalent unless I'm very stressed out in my like personal life or like in my real life you know what I mean like I have I always have tendencies like you know I am obsessive about cleanliness and not just like my personal space cleanliness but like physical hygiene like personal hygiene I cannot be dirty. I can't. Like I like I like literally I I can't. I can feel dirt on me, like which is not real. Obviously it's an anxiety thing, but I literally feel like my skin is crawling if I like if I haven't showered, which never happens, just so you know, like I will shower <laughs> literally anywhere. I don't care. Like you will see me washing my butt in the Tim Hortons bathroom if I have to. <laughs> I probably won't be following you in the Tim Hortons washroom, but I, do what you guys yeah, do. I don't think, I don't think any of us are actually going to see that, but, but thanks for the visual there. <laughs> but anyway. You, uh, you just sort of lean up against that hair dryer. Is that the deal? God, you know what? If I had to, I would. But you know, a big a big thing for me is um is actually, and this is one that causes a lot of problems for me physically. Is I have to have a, a a big issue with food and whether or not food is clean or not. So right. if if I if anything at all triggers a thought checking the food with is dirty, I can't eat it at all. So like you know, when I was living with my husband. I, uh, you know, he was really, like, bad for leaving things on the counter without the lids on. Like, he'd make a peanut butter sandwich and leave the lid off of the peanut butter. And mm-hmm. I wow. couldn't eat it. I could not That's eat from that jar of butter again. Goddamn and, savagery right there. And not to call you out, but, like, or not, yeah, that didn't come out right. My, the one thing is it wouldn't fit me on me as an example, um, worried about, like, whether the peanut butter is edible or not, but just as... Like, uh, I, I don't even want to say an OCD thing now after your earlier explanation, but, like, it would definitely just bother me that that is, it would become, like, a point of contention, just the fact that the lid is left off the peanut butter, okay, right? I don't here's, the, here's, the I guess, the bigger picture of that, though. That's just a small example. Because my husband was like that all the time, I wouldn't eat food in our house. Oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. I guess, I guess that's why he's not your husband anymore. <laughs> yes. Well, it's one one of many reasons, but I wouldn't okay. eat food in our house. I would okay, so like I would I would have to wash like I would take a dish out of the cupboard and I would wash it myself, and I would like go to the grocery store and buy my own food, or I would order takeout because I couldn't trust the food that like it was in my house because in my head, he was filthy, so everything in the kitchen was filthy, and I couldn't eat it. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm really 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 stressed out, like and this is actually very very common for people with obsessive compulsive disorder, is I forget whether I've locked my door or whether I've turned off a stove, or whether I've blown out a candle, 
coming back to my house over and over and back. <laughs> Not that I forget, it's that I will, the, the panic attacks, like I, I will have full out panic attacks. Like by the time I hit my elevator, I'm already hyperventilating. I come back and check. I calm myself down. I get in the elevator. By the time I hit the lobby, I'm already freaking out again. I go back up and check. So I'm late for work or I'm late wow. for whatever appointment I'm going to because I, I literally, I have to make it so that I know to, to stop that anxiety, right, to make sure. So I have, like, little tricks that I do. Like, I put, like, when I lock my door, I put my key. I always have my keys in the same spot in my bag, and I put my key in a different spot. So every time I go to check the, the, that my key is there, I'm like, okay, I haven't moved my key yet, so I know I locked the door because I only put my key in the other spot when I lock the door. So then, like, when I get to wherever I'm going, I'll move my key back to where it goes. But it takes me, like, I have to do things like that to, like, stop myself from panicking. And a lot of times, it doesn't work. Like, I was going to a doctor's appointment a few months ago, and I forgot whether or not I left my back door open. And oh, I have a big shit. dog, and I literally on the court, like, I was on the damn course in Toronto, and I had to sit down and had like strangers come up to me and be like ma'am are you okay because I literally couldn't even see I was panicking so bad my heart was slamming in my ears I was gonna throw up I couldn't like it was literally like a super super strong physical panic attack because I couldn't remember whether I locked my door or not and I was too far to go back and check like the way that I have my little compulsions that I do to stop this from happening I um everything is organized in my house by style and by color but it's not even just that it's organized by style and by color. I have to use it in order. So, like, I actually have never really talked about this stuff, guys. You guys are getting the goods on me today. But, uh, <laughs> Don't worry. We will only <laughs> use this if we absolutely have to use it against you. Oh, no, no, it's, okay. <laughs> you know, it's actually really interesting to talk about this. I think it's really interesting. But, when, like, I have to wear my clothes in order. So, the first day I wear black. The second day I wear white, the next day I wear gray, the next day I wear something with color, the next day I wear something like a band shirt, the next day I'll wear like a graphic shirt or something, like, you know, like words or something like smart appy or whatever, and then I go back to black again. I have to shower in the same order, like in the same, like I wash the same parts of me every single time. <laughs> Don't do it. I, shut up, shut up, Alan. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I always wash my butthole first, too. Yeah, I was about to say, that's where I start. Start at the, start at the, the, the worst place and work up. Just like Drake. There's start. literally no turning back from here, guys. Start from the bottom, no now I'm turning here. back. You guys are so wrong. You guys, when things are really bad for me, like when I'm really, really stressed out, because they, these, these kind of issues, these symptoms get way worse when I'm really stressed out. Like when things are going good in my life, it doesn't really bother me that much, but... When things are not going good in my life, it gets very, very prevalent. And um, what's it called? Like the shower thing. Like if I forget whether or not, like, oh, did I wash my hair? I will get out of the shower and get back in and start again and do the whole wow. thing over again. Really? It's, just, it's not right. And, and I, I, there's no, like, tangible, like, reason, like, what is right that I'm doing this for. Like, I couldn't say what, like, the world's not going to explode, and I know that. But I just feel compelled to do these things to make things right. And that's what OCD is. It's really, like, it's actually, like, fucking annoying as hell because, like, you end up having to do things over and over and over again. It, you alienate people because people are irritated with, like, you know, don't you ever come to my house? Let me tell you, I will see whether the soap is wet after you come out of my bathroom. I will notice, and then I will never 
Okay, thank you again. You know, I don't bring my own soap in my pocket. So, could I ask you a question? Um, This is crazy, by the way. Um, Uh, Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. This is our first time on the show together. How do you determine what order is order? I don't know. It's just what it is. Like, there's another thing that I do where, like, again, when I'm really, really stressed out is I make lists of things. Like, I hyper-organize stuff, right? So, one of the list things that I do is I make playlists out of my iTunes which I have like 40,000 songs on my iTunes. I have like the hugest music collection. And what I do is I only make song- playlists out of the songs that, I ha- that don't have a play on them, and it can only be one out of every 100 songs. It has to be like that. If I screw it up, I have to start again. Wait, and say again? That don't like, have a play? Yeah, like they haven't been listened to. Because I have so many oh, songs, okay. right? I have all 40,000 songs. And you know, it counts wow. every time people, right? So okay. I watch that. And, like, and that's what I mean. My, my brain just does these things. And it's like, once it's done, it's like, ha, ah, the sense of order has been achieved. You know what okay. I mean? Like, I get to feel relaxed and not so anxious for a second. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I take medication for this. It's mostly to stop the panic attacks when I'm outside because the panic attacks are, like, physically devastating to me. Like, I faint. I throw up in public. Like, it's really very embarrassing. And, it's like, you know, it's, just, it's really actually just, it's embarrassing to faint and puke in front of strangers on the street, right? So, you know, I... Not I, for I, all of us. Some of us, it's fine. <laughs> uh, 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 no, it's normal behavior. No worries. Or snorting <laughs> coke. Pardon me. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's what it's all about. Snorting coke Rome, or Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yeah, or Dubai. Dubai, uh, that was it. Right? That was it. It was Dubai. It was <laughs> Dubai. Well, that place, too, you know. Again, you got to travel the world and enjoy the luxuries of each city. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what it's that's called? I am, I feel, even though I, I deal with this, like, I don't even want to say I suffer with it because I don't feel like I, like, sometimes it's, it's, it is kind of, I guess, suffering, but it's not really, I don't feel like I need to go to a hospital or, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't stop me from doing my day-to-day life on the most part, but some people have really, really severe OCD where they have to, like, you know, flick light switches off and on or they wash their hands so much that their hands bleed, you know what I mean? And I'm really very grateful that I don't have that severity, like, I've, you know, but I take my mental health really, really seriously. And, you know, for the Zell Let's Talk Day and stuff, I think that's kind of the point here, right? Is that, like, when there's something wrong, you should not be ashamed of it. If there's something that you don't feel right about it, go and get help. Since I went and got my medicine, like, I, I take pills every single day, I feel so much better. And I can manage it a lot better. It doesn't get as severe. And, like, I'm able to, like, you know, kind of have a little bit more of a closer to normal life where I'm not staying up all night making playlists and reorganizing my furniture to make me feel better. You know what I mean? So You know, it's funny you talk about these routines. I remember driving down, I can't remember what road it was, but it was a road in East York. And I watched this guy, I used to go down up and down the street for many different reasons. It's just easier getting to go where I was going. But he, every morning at the around the same time, he'd come out of his house and he'd be like, tap like the sign with his newspaper and hit like another sign and then hit like a car door. And like, he had this routine. So to me, he, it was obvious that he had some form of OCD, but I could see people that weren't aware of what was going on. Like, just kind of like, what is this guy doing? And like making like a big deal out of nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's really, it's, it sucks because you you know like that's the worst part about OCD is that like it's not an illogical like brain thing right like you know like this is fucked up what I'm doing you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know like I should like this is crazy like it's like it's okay that I don't have any black t-shirts clean the world's not gonna end you know what I mean but 
And then like, there's also Amazon. You can always order another cup in, couple in for the next day kind of thing. Well, also, you've also got, sorry, you've got teespring.com where you can always order a, a Go Deep uh, black. Nice. That, I like your cross-branding, man. That's, it's, that's it's what I do. Inside the box. It's what I do. So, because we always have to give a shout out to the yoga pants every single show, right? I know. We I like it. Looks Kilo. great in the yoga pants. And there yeah. it is. There it is, folks. <laughs> if you, uh, then, yeah. Asa, I got a question. Have you ever purposely tried to break the routine? Like, let's just take the the clothing for example. Have you ever purposely said today I'm not going to let the OCD control me? Today I'm going to wear black instead of red. Oh yeah, for sure. And like it's fine. Like I know. Like you know, I I just I feel uncomfortable about it at first. I get used to it. You know, eventually. But like you right. know, it's not like the world's going to end for me. But for a lot of people who have OCD, it really is like that, which is why, you know, I think my, my message along with getting your, yourself looked at and talk to a doctor if you need to is also like guys really learn about some of these things because it's just, it's not nice to make fun of, of people like, or like to minimize people's stuff, right? So. Definitely not in front no, of their it's, face. It's, that's no, no, sure. I disagree. It's fine to make fun of people, but sometimes you just got to understand what they're going through and then <laughs> you make fun of them. Or at least, or at least, you know, like, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, I, you know, I have cancer, or like, if you have a headache or whatever, right? Like, oh, you like to use a certain kind of pen, right? Like, that's kind of the same kind of thing I'm kind of going for here. Wow, that went so. south real quick. <laughs> <laughs> On that <laughs> note. <laughs> it's been a great show, everybody. Yeah. Teespring.com <laughs> and uh, Dubai and Hookers are looking for you with and the old up right. bell. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Or we won't. You know, it's funny. One last thing after, but the, the, the switch is off and on. I had, there, in the house I, I grew up in, there was a switch, and I would flick it, and it never did anything. Like, I couldn't figure out, and I would flick the switch all the time, and then, like, a year later, I got a letter from a guy in Germany saying, knock it the fuck off. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> look at you trying you, you're taking advantage of my stoner brain goodness right exactly that's what i'm here for and on that note i think uh we're gonna move along here to to big show because i understand he's got some personal experiences he's been dying to share yeah this one is not me personally but it's it is a family member it was my mother my, my late mother she uh kind of had like a split personality kind of thing and she uh one of the split personalities she did have was kind of like suicidal like she would always talk about oh i'm gonna take take these pills and nobody cares and uh oh i just want to die i don't need to be here like stuff like that and that was tough dealing with that like to see my mother do that like some days she was fine you know like like she you would even know nothing's wrong with her and other days she would act like a child and say all that stuff like that and young me that would like piss me off i'm like what the hell's wrong with you but then obviously i'm older now i know there was something wrong with her head and to me personally i think it was when my father passed away when i was younger it's like something i don't know maybe just changed in her like she was a completely different person after i think it's something you... that was like a trigger or something so let and me ask just... you something there Tio. how did you deal with this trigger because this must have been something that affected you and your brother is this correct uh, with my brother at the time wasn't living with me. He was living with his then, uh, fiance, his, well, his ex-wife at the time. Okay. 
and uh, I saw it was really, I was just me and a, a buddy of mine that used to just pop by all the time. Basically, eventually moved in because my mom did. My mom liked him. He was a good friend, and uh, basically, he saw a lot of it too. And there was days where she would be out with her with a friend or at the time, and I wouldn't see her for like three, four days. And I'm calling her like, "Where are you? What's going on? At least tell me you're okay." And then other days. She's at home, fine. Say, oh, you want something to eat? Like, regular person, like, regular mother. Like, Wow. Do you, uh, like, you said late mother. So, just to clarify, yeah. was this reason, the her reasons for passing? Was it like, yeah, a, we, a, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, because there was the cancer. She, she passed yes. away of cancer about five years ago. Yeah. So, like, regular causes, not anything directly. No, no, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything suicidal or nothing like that. No. Thanks. She was like, she was the kind of person who talked about it, like, okay, I'm going to do it, but never did. Like, I've noticed with, with that kind of thing, there's people that will say it, say, oh, I'm going to jump in front of a train or I'm going to jump off this balcony, but they don't do it. They do it for attention. Then there's other ones that don't say nothing, and they're the ones you got to worry about. Yeah. The ones that say nothing are the ones you got to watch out for. The ones that say they're going to do it, they're just doing it to get your attention, like some kind of attention, you know? Do you feel like um, because of the experiences you've had with your mother that you've kind of like developed a little bit of anxiety or depression yourself with having to deal with somebody else's? Uh, like personally, I, I know what to deal with. If I've come in contact with someone, maybe a friend or someone, I know what to do that to, to help them now. Cause I went through it personally with, with a family member, like lately with my, um, mom passing it, it I had a little part there where I was a little bit down and I'm like, I was depressed for a bit. Right. And of course you wouldn't be at your, your parents. Right. But yeah, it, it, it is hard. Yeah. It, it, it is very hard. I wouldn't wish that on nothing because there's sometimes I'll, I found my mom in, in a room knocked out. Obviously she took, took pills at some times. So I'm like, Oh, that's something you don't want to walk home. Like you're out or whatever. And you just walk home and you find your mom passed out in the bed on off pills or something like that's unreal. Have you ever diagnosed with any mental illness? Uh, the only thing was the split personality. And we, I, when I, when I was told about it from her uh, psychiatrist at the time, she's like, one of the, one of the personalities she has is the regular person you've known, you've grown up with. Then there's another one. It's like where she's suicidal, or sometimes acts like a child or something. And I, I've, I've met both, but oh, she did know. get, she did get help. I mean, I, 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 I eventually got her to get some help. And there was this, um, this program in Scarborough here, just off of Rouge Valley Hospital. And she saw a doctor there. And then the doctor told her, so maybe you should benefit from this program they have. There were other people with other some are severe, some are slight dis- uh, mental pro- mental disabilities. And uh, I will admit that program was phenomenal with her. Like after she went for that uh, program, maybe I say about 10 years ago and five, probably first couple of years she was getting used to it, you know, but I think from seven years till until she passed five years ago. So about two, three years, the last two, three years she was alive. She was perfectly fine. It's like, I, she was perfect. Like she was like healed kind of thing, you know, like I never saw this second personality she had. It was always the mother I grew up with, which, which I loved. Mm-hmm. It was great having her back. This plan then really helped, say. Eh? Oh, it did. Yeah. Like I highly, I would highly recommend this place for anyone dealing with, with any kind of mental illness they helped my mom greatly and they were amazing amazing group that's all i can say and sorry what was the what was the name of this place or where uh it's uh it's in uh yeah it's off rouge valley it's a smaller building it's called pathways okay it was it's you'll see when you go past rouge valley there there's a little small like um brown building next to the uh old age home that's in there Mm -hmm. if anyone knows what i'm talking about but there's a little brown building there and that's where they uh they have nurses there they have doctors there everything and what they do is there they just like 
spend time there, do arts and crafts. If they want to talk to a doctor, they're more than welcome. They do like field trips. It's kind of like a, um, like back in the day when we were kids, if you lived in like say Metro housing, like I did, they had these um, little things that where kids can go in and play pool or they go on little trips and all that. And it was kind of something like that for an app for her, right? Which was great. It helped her. And she always talked about it and like, she loved going there. So I, awesome. I, I greatly appreciate that, that group. I really do. Now, do you feel there, or I mean, to anyone, like, do you feel there's a stigma that, like, you know, when you go to some of these places to say, ask for help, that it is, you're going to walk in and, you know, okay, come on over here, you know, just have a seat, we're going to talk, and next thing, boom, you're locked up. Do you think there's a, a yeah. stigma to where that, you know, even today in 2021, that if you go to ask for help, that you're going to be treated where, you know, that's fine. You'll get the help, but you're not going to be able to leave here because. Yeah. They're kind of like, exactly. Like they kind of did that at the beginning with my mom when she was uh, like the, the split personality thing where she was the acting like the suicidal one. They actually had to put her in a room, lock the door and all that stuff. But uh, eventually she knew that, that she had an illness and she knew that. So she would, that's when she said she had to get help because she was like, at the time, my brother was uh, pregnant with his first child. So she's like, okay, I want to be around. I want to see my grandkids. So she got her act together. And she goes, I, want to, I have to do this for me, but most importantly, my grandchild. Mm-hmm. And she went full force, did everything, got that, like you said, stigma out of her head saying, oh, they're just going to lock me in a padded room with a straight jacket kind of thing. She's like, it's not like that. Again, she, she that, that I can't say so much about that group that really helped her. Like mine, she was, did she change? completely mm-hmm. and i'm grateful for you know but that is a life le- a hard life lesson to go through for anybody you know i think that was a little oh, more sure. than a life lesson my friend i think you were just going through some stuff and you ended up being the guy that picked up the pieces right well in the reality i had to because well my father wasn't around and my brother moved away so it was you know what i have to do it you know it's my job a lot of responsibility and just a heavy weight for somebody who's young to have to deal with right so yeah i think i was about 20 maybe 22 23 not too young, but still, like, but still kind of young, yeah. Still young. That's not when you, you don't expect to be having to be in that situation when you're that young, you know? No, like, no, of course not, no. I don't wish that on anyone, but like I said, I would I would do it all again. It helped her and everything, you know? It's, well, and again, it, it looks like it goes back to, again, too, that, again, if somebody needs help, go see your doctor. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now, two stories in a row where someone's doctor has, like, really helped, and, yep. you know, got things straightened for somebody, right? So 100%, yep. I think part of the thing, though, too, is that if it was that easy, I think people would automatically just go do it. I'm sure that in oh, yeah, the people's head, it, 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 it's grappling with a lot. It's a lot mentally. It is. Um, it's got, that's true. Okay, it is. Some people, yeah, some people, they don't think they have a problem, and they just, or they don't want to get the help because they think they're a burden or something. Like, no, it is hard. Some people think that way, sadly. My obsessive compulsive disorder, like, I should just, like, clarify here, too. Like, I didn't just go and get some medicine and, like, hunky-dory, I'm good now. Like, I went through cognitive behavioral therapy. I go to see a psychologist once a month still to this very day to go and just make sure that I'm okay. I meditate every single day. I journal. Like, I do yoga. Like, there's all kinds of stuff I do to help keep my anxiety at bay. It's not as simple as just going to a doctor, and I've been doing this for years. Like, when Mm. I say I take my mental health seriously... I'm not kidding, right? And that's kind of, it's a process. It's not just a one quick go to the doctor. You have to decide you're going to go to the doctor and take on that process. Like, yep. that's kind of what I what I mean when I say go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, though. So. You got to commit to it for sure, right? Once you're, uh, once you've decided, like you said, it's definitely a commitment, but it's worth it. Yeah. T.O. Big Show, I really appreciate uh, you sharing that story as well as you there, Asher Moon. And uh, yep. I think we're going to... Thank move- you. Mm-hmm. 
over to stirs normally we're talking big up talks on burgers or you know sometimes pizza or anything else we can shove in our mouths but uh last year you and i we spoke about anxiety and depression on our first podcast discussing it and i know that you've dealt with a lot and i was just very grateful for the fact you wanted to come back on the show and talk about it and then you know just talk about some of the triggers you've had to deal with or anybody else you know when dealing with anxiety and depression? You know what, for, I don't remember exactly what I told you the first time, but I will say, like, when I was married and going through separation and abortion stuff, prior to that, I had never really had anxiety. Um, so experiencing it throughout that portion of my life, kind of, um, it kind of, it turns your life a little bit upside down. And you're not really sure what you're doing or where you're going for. Yeah. Even how you're feeling. You just know that you just feel mad uncomfortable. You know, and if you have a job that's stressful, that multiplies, you know, the feeling. 100%. And, and then when you actually get home, you're trying to like unwind and stuff like that. Sometimes you're not able to unwind and you're going right back to the same environment over and over again. You know, so for me, I did go through some bouts with like, you know, your thought process, your thinking, not necessarily trying to like think about it hurt myself, but it's just you're just not in your best headspace, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the things for me, uh, like I had gone to therapy for um, a little bit and you know just talking with somebody uh, I mean obviously that helped the way that they question like they ask you questions and then you're giving like you know your truthful answers and stuff like that one of the things that I learned that I was doing that I did naturally and I don't know where this started from or or where I got it from was just talking to myself <laughs> you know what I'm saying and most people say why are you talking to yourself but I'm just like yeah because you know what I actually talked to myself out and down out of a lot of situations where it's just like okay you know what you're upset you're, you know what I mean? And you're just identifying how you're feeling. Yeah. And even if I wasn't, like, in a great headspace, I at least was able to talk to myself about it. And if I was uh, about to get aggressive, I was like, okay, dude, you're overreacting right now. Like, relax. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I found that even when I was in therapy and I was telling her, I thought she was going to come at me and say, like, you know, like, whoa. <laughs> A little bit, you know, in excess here, but no, she was like, actually, that is a good thing, right? 100%. Um, And then, yeah, and then she even went further to say how the fact that I learned to really breathe and I would just, you know, when it gets too much, you would just breathe. And, you know, and I hear my thinking, I'm doing something on the full negative side, but then she was praising me for actually knowing this and doing this, which also brought comfort, you know, to my soul. So for me, in those situations, that was that. Like, I, you know, I kind of felt like, okay, you know what, you have a handle on. Um, also, there's other times where, I mean, I was off work for five months. I had uh, surgery and stuff. And, you know what, no one really thinks that you, like, you're in a routine now, right? And then you get back to the workplace and then all of a sudden you're having panic attacks that they're and the thing is the panic attacks are, are, are pretty violent man. like inside your head i know that i'm okay but my body's reacting like reacting to it the fact that i'm back on the job i have people's lives in my hands and i am just freaking out like i hate to say it but i was losing my shit man. and um how do you find some of the ways that you're able to work your way through it? Like, do you talk to yourself in a more positive way now that you recognize that you do talk to yourself? Well, you know what? Even that in itself, talking to yourself, is, it can be difficult because sometimes I, it's like when you're really out of control and I'm trying to like, let's say, and it sounds weird, man, but to put yourself back in line, like you have to come down hard on yourself and say, yo, listen, man, you're being stupid right now. You know, everything is fine. And you know what I mean? You need to gather yourself right now. Yeah. And that's when obviously you have to take a moment and then go into that whole breathing thing and just saying, okay, you know what? Everything is fine. Everything is okay. And, you know, and you just go ahead and you just take your time. And and basically, that's what I have to do on one side. Um, on the other side of things, it's like expressing, right? So I live alone. It's not like I can always talk to somebody. Yeah. Uh, 
So one of the things that I did move towards was um, making music. You know, within music making and, and like writing music and stuff like that, the good part of it for me is it's like, however I'm feeling at the moment of time, I can put that into music. Like, you know, I can make drums, I can make, you know, synth sounds, different things that represent how I'm feeling. Yeah. Turn that negative feeling something that is a positive. And then depending how I'm feeling in that moment, I layer it. Or you know what, I have something that I can say, wow, I actually like, you know what I mean? So I've transformed something that's just ugh to me into something that I'm like, okay, I'm vibing with this. And then all of a sudden it turns everything into something new when I actually add lyrics or words to it that whether I'm feeling uh, down, I can just throw that in there. Or if I'm feeling like better now because I made this music, I throw that in there. I have a full like song that expresses how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Based, yeah. Based, based off of, um, you know, just emotion, just like how we're feeling at the moment. And I find that that helps a lot, you know? And even with this whole, like, lockdown, where it's lockdown, I turn to the music and my arts and stuff like that to really uh, express. And I think that really pushed me into another area where I felt like, you know what? You can take a lot of a negative situation. And yes, in a way, it's kind of like forcing it, but I forced it into a new area that allowed me to feel a lot of comfort. And you know what? Not a lot of people share what they go through. And... I was able to at least put it down and shelf it until I felt comfortable with sharing it with somebody. And uh, and when I did share it, I, I was well-received to the point where, I mean, it touched me more than any. So I just felt even empowered to continue doing stuff like that and even sharing more than I ever did. Because I never used to, like, I never used to share much, uh, like, music and stuff like that before this point in time. And it was like, I had some, some friends... Uh, and my, even like my couple of my cousins that I would just let them hear some stuff and they'd be like listen you need to actually like put this out because a lot of people don't express um, what you're expressing unless it's like too late and they're gone then you find out all this stuff right so I mean it's good that we're having this discussion and it's in order to like you know allow people to see like you may see somebody all day every day and you don't see and what really and truly underneath it all there's a lot going on that, that could help other people benefit the thoughts and way you deal with things 100% like so, yeah I mean, like it's but as you, you know, as both people have said before me, they got through it, you know, different ways. And I myself, like, I mean, I go through bouts where I'm, and I hate to use the big word depression, but there's times where I just feel like, you know what, I just don't feel like being around, period. <laughs> you know what, I mean, and you know me already, like, you know, I'm, anytime I'm out, I'm always like, I, surrounded. I, I like to be a live fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm always like, like boost with energy and stuff like that all the time. I'm realizing like, you know what, man, if you're not really feeling it all the time, you don't have to like show or tell lies and say, yeah, I'm fine. Blah, blah. Nah, like now when people say, oh, how you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm miserable. <laughs> and then they're just kind of like, ah. But I say, you know what? And it's okay. I'm, I'm miserable right now. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You just you need know? your day but, to be miserable. Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like, like, you know, always trying to cover things up and make sure that everybody thinks I'm Mr. You know, 100, um, that I'm always boosting because that's not the truth. And I would rather, you know, let people know the, the, the truth, hide it, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at. And just keep it real. I try to enjoy anything and everything that I can enjoy. And the minute I'm not enjoying, I talk to myself, figure out what's really going on here. For me, sharing it with other people that either understand or don't understand is a good thing. You know what? At the end of the day, I take in something that's negative. I made a positive out of it. I'm very happy. It's hard to make a positive out of a negative, but I think you're doing a good job, sir. Now, Stir, did you, did you say it's a safe assumption that most people find music very influential and you find maybe it's a good tool for people that are maybe going through things 
that you know turn to music as a means to decompress, as a means to uh, perhaps like find salvation or find themselves or just to unwind? Like I'm just curious, like because I mean speaking for myself, I do find music very in or very yeah fluent. I'm very influenced by uh, music, and I find sometimes you're listening to a tune that might work for you one day, but the the next day it's like, you know, this is just, I got to turn this off because I don't like the headspace that it's taking me to. But right. uh, just curious your take on that. Well, you know what? It, it, it's kind of funny because you have on one side, like if you're feeling down, sometimes you might listen to music that is also down, <laughs> you know, and then you might just ride that right down the rabbit hole, you know, or you could, on the flip side, listen to something, your energy, you know, that helps boost your morale or just, you know, it makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I guess like the answer is that, you know what, I guess you as a person would kind of know what you're looking to, like looking for or looking to feel. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know if I want something that makes me feel okay in the moment, that's not too, I guess you would say it doesn't have that boosting type of energy, I would listen to a certain artist because I know that they're more, um, they have more of a chill vibe or they have more of a dark vibe, let's say. Um, but I know that if I want to be like uplifted, I would listen to a, a particular artist because I know that their stuff pushes me in that direction, you know. So I guess it, it, it all depends on like how you feel about what you're listening to as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I mean, uh, me for myself, I know if I'm looking to really like mellow out in my feelings, like I'm gonna pick something that's you know kind of kind of dark, man. <laughs> like to be honest, kind of dark, you know. And even yeah. when I make music, sometimes I make a beat that is just, like, when you listen to it, like, the certain chords that you're hitting um, just scream, like, yo, we are feeling dark, you know? But then on the flip side, when I freestyle on a, on a, on a song like that, um, I find that the most truest emotions and the way that I explain what I'm feeling comes out, and I enjoy it even more because I'm just like, you know what? I got rid of that. It's off my chest. And now listening to it over and over, and sometimes I listen to my songs like on repeat. I listen to it like 20 times, and I really kind of dissect where I was going. Sometimes I, mean, I just fall in love with it so much that I'm just like, man, man, this really helped. Like, this really touched me. When I let somebody else hear it, and they can immediately get it and understand, like, wow, They're like, yo, I really felt that. You know what? It, it, I find that I didn't have to say anything to them. They heard it all, what I was feeling and going through in the song itself, that, mm-hmm. uh, that they just get it. And then we connect on that level. And it's kind of like we have spoke, if you get what I mean. You know what, uh, yeah. you know what song really makes me comfortable there, Sturzy? What's that? You know the beginning of like Pornhub when you click on a video, it's like, boom, boom, boom. I feel I'm, like it's... I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. We're I'm, off to, I'm not even touching that one. That I, just, is, that I just feel like we're off to a good start now, you know, like the day's about to begin. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh fuck! Yeah, you know, we're just, yeah. you know that's the opposite of seeing this escalated quickly. Boy, that brought that, that up. Yeah. Yeah. I just that's got... where I'm moonwalking right out of here. I'm just moonwalking right out of here. Uh, <laughs> I do like how for the first few seconds everyone was just sort of a silence. I'm just saying, okay, let's go in here first. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna finish off with a hee-hee. You know what I mean? Uh, we do our and we're just gonna moonwalk. If it makes oh, you feel that. better, just like Michael Jackson, I only wear one glove. But we're gonna move on to the next person. Now, <laughs> 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 no, the song, no, the song you want to listen to to bring the mood up is always 
Uh, Eddie Murphy, My Girl Wants to Party All the Time. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good joint. That's a good, that's a good that is just a classic. Well, that's, that's a high-energy song. That's a high-energy song. It is. That's Rick James, bitch. Yeah, Rick James, too, man. Yeah. Rick James, I, I, def- I, def- I definitely feel like we're some of us are going to be listening to that song later today, and we'll never admit to it, but I'm sure that... if you know, I don't give a listen. fuck. I'll admit it right you now. Guys, that song's on my regular playlist. Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. That is a keep this on your top four hundred thousand. I never discovered that song until about four years ago. Uh, really? You see, I lived through that. I lived through the eighties, so I, I lived through Great that whole when TV, you know, TV personalities wanted to be in movie stars, wanted to release their own albums like Eddie Murphy and Bruce Willis and Don Johnson. In the eighties, it was just it was a really? Cause, I forgot yeah, Bruce Willis. Bruce, Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce thing. Willis released an album yeah. in 1985 of like Motown covers. It was what? a. Are you what? kidding me? Cocaine's I, a hell of a drug, man. Cocaine I, is a hell of a drug. I, 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 I shit you not. Here's the key, Stercy. You want to look up "Respect Yourself," Aretha's "The Queen's Classic," done by Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis in 1985 had the nerve and the gall to cover "Respect Yourself" by. If that doesn't sink you in a depressive funk, yeah, I don't it, know what it's will. It's showing up. It's showing up right now. Hell hell yes, yes, oh my god! You had a music video. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mind blown. Respect yourself. And they still Mind let him do Die Hard after that movie. He released that, and they're like, you know what? We're going to give you, th- here's your big redemption. You can do Die Hard. Wow. <laughs> say. In the water world. As soon as we're off, as soon as we're off, i got to watch this music video. Yep. That is crazy. I had no idea this even existed, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the 80s, when I grew up, were a hell of a time. Oh, uh, and cocaine's a hell of a drug. There you go. Oh, wow. Oh, Learn, learning new things here every day. Stirzy. That's, That's, That's what great. I'm here for. That's why I got your back, Bofo. I'm here to teach you, son. Oh, shit. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, with on that, with on that, or while we're on that note, there, Sturzy, I thank you for sharing your personal experience, and we're gonna move over here to the one and only. Hang on a second, sorry. I just want. Is anyone still thinking of uh, John Doe's comedy, the Pornhub song? I'm just asking. And uh, good <laughs> night, guys. Watch, I'm actually watching Pornhub right now. While, oh, while I and there we have it. All right, sorry. I just had to throw that out there. I was thinking of the song, and just, this is just weird. That's all right. You know, um, I know that uh, you're still learning. There are two girls in one cup. I don't even understand this. Oh, oh And they're not making lattes. Hello. No. No, they are not. You can almost call them hot chocolates. <laughs> no, they are not. Oh, man. And on that note, Mofo, you're up next. Let's hear a little bit about your uh, personal experience. <laughs> That's a hell of a leak. <laughs> where, where am I? <laughs> oh my gosh! I've got, I've got Pornhub song playing in my head. I've got that uh, Eddie Murphy song now. Go, this is gonna be a train wreck. I love that song. Well, your segment, so obviously it's gonna be a train wreck. Come on. Oh wow! So I, I think the whole, the whole topic is a rather interesting one, and I, I think it's, I think it's good that it fell. Let's Talk Day is here, and it, it does bring the situation to the forefront, allows people to discuss the matter. I will be, I'll start off with like the, the anxiety thing, and, and I will be fully honest here, is I have never been diagnosed with anything, and that being said, I've never spoken to the doctor about it either, so I just, I, just, I don't know, typical guy, I just brush it off. Except for chlamydia, right? Well, I, I, I spoke to him about that, and he said, don't worry, I'm, I'm all good to go. So, uh, I or, or I like salt the clap. 
Oh, Jesus. Crabs. I think he always had crabs. You got to shave your pubes, bud. Oh, man. <laughs> oh shit. Sorry, please. Get gold. Yeah, thanks for the roast. Uh, so, I, I, before, before Astra Moon had, uh, had explained her situation, I was in my head thinking, like, you know, I, I know I have often sort of thought, and I, I joke with my wife and uh, friends that, like, I've got uh, a certain level of, of OCD and that being said, like I've never been diagnosed, I've never been asked to, I've never even brought it up per se to the doctor. It's just not something. It's anyway. To the point, um, I know a, a good friend of mine has often said, "Well, you you, you can't self-diagnose something." And I said, "Well, my argument is, is who knows oneself better than thyself?" And what I mean by this is that to me, I recognize, or or how I dissect it is that some of these actions, some of these situations or thoughts are. are are not normal, or I, I would not deem them normal. And what I, I'm very, I've watched documentaries, and some of the things that Astro Moon was saying were rather interesting. But like I've seen in the, the the documentaries, people are showing that you know they're combing the frills on their carpet at three in the morning, or they're you know they, they get to the car and they have to go back and check the door, do a pull check, turn the key one more time, even though it's already been turned five before they can finally accept the yes, I can go. I can drive to the store and know that I've locked the door. So I, by all means, do not proclaim anything like that. The, the, where I was thinking, though, is there's, I know on a number of levels, to me, it seems a lot, but I mean, maybe it isn't. It's definitely not anything like what I feel Astra Amuna had brought up, but I, I'm very particular with things. And I, I mean, like, to me, it, it, it's not a normality. It's just something I've accepted and I'm, I'm personally okay with. It's just my thing. And as an example, um, anyone that's seen my Instagram, so I'm into, I'm into the Lego. I have fun just pissing around with Lego. Well, now this is going to be a laughable thing, but it's like when I'm building a Lego piece, everything has to be symmetrical side to side. Mm -hmm. So where you'll see some kids, they're just, they'll grab an orange block and a, a red block. Well, I, I can't do that. If I can't find two symmetrical colors, two symmetrical lengths and everything, then I will change the design of what I'm building. So what you're saying is yeah. like, if me and you like, were having it, a measuring it, contest, uh, if right. mine was bigger than yours, you wouldn't want to do it anymore. Well, I, I would definitely be <laughs> it, it wouldn't even be a problem. <laughs> so... <laughs> But no, like, so, so I mean, that, that there is obviously on like the, the easy end of the scale, but it's a prime example as to when I'm going to do something, everything has to be just so, or in my head, it's like, I, I have a problem and I sort of grappling with it. And I might stand there and sort of nonchalantly brush it off as if it's not, you know, anything that I'm really concerned about. But in my head, while I'm standing there talking to you or whatever, I might be subconsciously thinking I, I have, you know, and this is on a number of different things. I, I, I might be looking, I might be looking right at you talking to you, but in my head, I'm thinking I need to somehow, when I have 30 seconds, I need to go over and straighten that picture frame because it bothers me that it's crooked. I even that. though it is, even though it's hanging there on the wall, it's perfectly fine. I know it's not going here. I just need to quietly adjust it, just make it just so, and then I can feel I can relax. And yeah, I knew, it, it, like it establishes your sense of order again. Yeah. 100%. And I know, like, the one thing that sort of felt reassuring, but strangely, uh, it was like, wow, that, that's sort of like a, a nail in the, on, on target. Is like, I know you were saying about uh, certain things where you just, like, you've had to go and, you know, double check the door. There's been times where literally, I know I locked the garage door. Like, I've got a keypad on the garage door, and I'm a big car guy, so I value that the door is shut and shut properly and locked. But it's like, I've had 
turn around, go back home, even though I know it was shut, but just to just to double check. In the garage, like I try to leave everything certain ways. Everything has to be just so for whatever reason. But my mind says that if for whatever reason today, if I don't come back to the garage in the sense of if I don't get to come back here and someone else has to sort of go through the stuff that they at least find it, everything is neat and orderly. It has to be very specific just so um, if I'm hanging like a sign or a banner in the garage, everything has to be measured out so it's symmetrical, you know, and where you, you might just look at like, oh, yeah, it's up there. Well, yeah, but if you get up there with a tape measure like, you know, I do, everything it has to be just so otherwise it bothers me. And I think about it and think about it until I finally go and change it. Now, that's so what you said. You actually go with a tape measure to, like, measure it out? Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, and there's, there's been times now granted. So part of the thing here you have to understand is so I, I work, my work hours are different from most. So sometimes when I say it's two in the morning and I'm doing something, it's because I've just come home. But mm-hmm. there are certainly times where it's like, I should just be able to be sitting back on the couch with a beer or something. And, you know, I'm out in the garage or I'm in the house or I'm literally out on the front lawn. Now I know that sounds weird, but again, it's because of my off hour work hours, but I am doing something and it's like, this has to be just so, and I'm looking around thinking that if anyone were actually watching this, they'd be like, this, this, something is wrong here. But in my head, I can then, I can actually relax. I can literally in my head, dial it back. I could be dead tired, but it's like, I need to get, you know, these last five shingles on and then I can relax. I can, because otherwise if I say, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow, the whole mm-hmm. time that I'm sitting there with you talking about the accomplishments of the day and, and having a drink, I'm subconsciously thinking, I will feel better when I just get those last five shingles. Now, Mofo, or I will feel better when the garden has been this or the the house, whatever that. And so that's where I come from. Go ahead, sir. So no, it's, it's all good. So what you're saying is your coping mechanism is just dealing with it as you think about it. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to put your mind at ease. Is this correct? I, I find just the, like in order for my mind to be at ease, certain accomplishments just need to be upheld or or like finished and if it's not done then like I'm standing there and all I'm thinking about even though I might I might be talking to you about we could be talking about the Daytona 500 and I'm having that conversation but in my head I keep thinking okay as soon as this conversation is over or soon as I have two seconds where no one's going to observe me doing this I need to fix this or I need to adjust that what have you now just to be clear though if I'm going to say someone else was home or out in the the like general public, a lot of stuff I'm able just to totally disregard. Well, I may not like it. I may not, you know, I might look and think, hmm, but because it's not my problem, I'm able to sort of disregard it, thankfully, and sort of just look at it like, well, you know, whatever, not, you know, they'll get to it, I guess, not the way I would have done it or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but it is it, certainly like when it comes to my own stuff, it is certainly like it's there. It is 100% there. Okay. I mean, as I said, like even going back to like, you know, something that should be so basic, like I said about, like, as an example, the Lego, everything has to be just so, like, once those pieces are on that set, those pieces have to stay with that set. It's not like I can just take them apart, throw them in a bin, and then I'll all find It's like, it needs to be from that set. That being said, I'm able to look at my son's Lego, and he's got everything mixed to no end, and he doesn't care. And frankly, when I was a kid, I never thought anything about it. But now as an adult, I look at it and it, it, it's like everything, I feel much better just if everything has its own, you know, as, as Astro Moon mentioned, sort of own order. Okay. I mean, and this whole thing is probably only like the tip of the iceberg in terms of the bigger sense of like how things need to be just so or straightened, organized. Um, I'm, I'm very, like, I know Astro Moon had mentioned like the list 
thing. I'm huge on making lists and keeping track of, okay, what needs to be done, what has done. And I certainly, like to me, I recognize this is probably not normal, but I also am able to draw a parallel of, you know, okay, I don't think it's anything I need to stress about in the sense of going to the doctor to, to talk about because I am not, thankfully, nor am I, uh, you know, making fun of, but I'm not at that point where I'm literally uh, combing the, the frills on the carpet at four in the morning. I, oh, I, never live with I think it's like OCD. when you leave the house, yeah. Oh, and, and that's just it, yeah. So I, I don't have like panic attacks or anything like that, thankfully. But I do recognize, like, where I've got friends, like, where we sort of discuss this, it's like, it's a laughable moment, because it's like, well, there, there's nothing here to, to really be concerned about. But it's like, meanwhile, I'm, I'm looking at thinking, like, I need to have this, this organized a, a specific way. And if one thing is shimmied forward or out of place or switched around, I might laugh it off. But in my head, it's like, I need to fix that later. When I have time and, like, everyone's gone and whatever, I now need to go and organize it properly. I get it. So I think the Lego, I think a solution for your Lego issue, Mofo, is very simple. If you have a piece that's out of place, instead of trying to fix it, put it on the ground, take your sock off, and step on that fucking piece. <laughs> that will cure your uh, association very quickly. So that's my that's my Dr. Phil therapy recommendation. Take your sock off, it. throw the I piece do. on the ground, step on that fucker until you learn not to do that. Or it'll, uh, it'll be like that, that scene <laughs> out of uh, Home Alone where he steps through the window and steps onto the uh, Christmas ornament. Exactly, but Le I mean, anybody who's ever had Lego knows if you step on Lego, it's the most painful thing. So uh, there, <laughs> those corners ain't no, 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 no mess with it, right there. <laughs> I mean, Alan, yeah, you could always, uh, you could always just make sure he has a marker next to him that has the right color. So at least if it's the right shape Lego, you can color that bad boy so it's the same fucking color. <laughs> you you could totally do that. Oh wow! Or just, or just melt the fucker down. It doesn't matter. I, I like yeah. the melting option. It definitely feels better than stepping on it with a bare foot. I'm not going to lie. As a father of children, I know how much I hate fucking small toys and Lego. I don't know how many times I've thrown that shit out the window. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's You're welcome. I, I, I do appreciate that uh, piece of advice. So I will put that into consideration. I can't say that I will try it, but I will consider it. And, um, but no, like, it's it just, like I say, that there is like a, a tip of the iceberg sort of, uh, situation now in a lot of other ways. Um, a lot of things like don't even get zombies. So I, I consider myself that, you know, I'm very fortunate because I do recognize that OCD, like in its most truest form is a very, uh, debilitating sort of thing, or it can be for people that, you know, yep. something as simple as going to the grocery store where it would take us five minutes, it's going to take them hours to plan out that trip and, and, and to deal with all that. So I don't use the term lightly. I, I'm just a very real person in the sense of when I look at situations, I will call it for what it is. And I, I feel like when I look at this situation, I definitely think to myself, okay, Mopo, like, Something here is probably off. This does not seem fully what the I'm sure the average person goes through. But you know, in my head, it's like I just accept it. I'm not hurting anyone per se um, with it, and I just sort of I, I accept it that this is you know this is normal for me anyway. So next year for Christmas, I'm going to be buying you Lego, and I'm going to make sure that they're all the wrong color and none of them are the correct shape. <laughs> <laughs> Or buy two different sets and just mix them up and switch them. That's all. Either yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, here's the Mofo, thing, how do you like, feel about like a puzzle? Do you do a puzzle? 
And if you don't have that last piece, it drives you crazy. He gets an exacto knife and just shaves it. Okay, so it does drive me crazy. And I have done what uh, John said, and I have actually made a piece before. Or other times, I've other times I've just been like, you must forget it. I put the puzzle. I put the puzzle in a garage sale. I I don't want to have it. Um, The solution is solution is very simple. Just get some lighter fluid and just set that fucking thing on fire, and boom, you know, cleanse the earth. You don't have to worry about the missing piece at that point because the fucker is burnt down. It's, uh, it's completed in ash this form. Is all good. This is good stuff. I, I do feel much better talking to you guys about this now. <laughs> so uh, remember, Bell, let's talk just in case after this conversation you don't feel so good about life. Just saying. I, I think now, now that I've got that number, I will make sure that I possibly utilize it. Delicious. Um, as, as, for the, uh, as for the going into another also direction there with the mental health thing, I had an uncle, and I say had because he's no longer with us, but I did have an Sorry uncle that... that. Uh, is he in Dubai? He's not in Dubai, no. Okay. But he was, uh, I was in elementary school there, and uh, he ended up uh, committing suicide uh, to, uh, he had depression. I know there were situations with him and his wife, but at the time there, he, he was on a trip there with some friends. I, I think his friends knew that he was rather depressed and sort of going some, through some things, but he went for a walk, basically, is what we were told, and he, um, he never came back. He ended up hanging himself in a barn. And I, I know at the time, like, you know, it was a lot, like, it, I didn't quite grasp the thing. I was pretty young. Um, I would have probably been, give or take, uh, like, grade five, I think it was, something like that, maybe grade six. But I remember, uh, so this would have been my dad's brother, and it was just, like, a lot for, you know, for my father to, uh, to sort of take in and process and deal with. But I, I remember thinking, like, you know, people afterwards, they were saying, like, well, yeah, like, we knew that, you know, there was, there was troubles, per se, in the most broad context, but never, never did we know any anything like this was was going on, or that it was at this sort of level. I, I basically just like I, like I said, the the main body of this is that I think it's very much important to always have that conversation with friends or family. You know, I mean, wh- whatever is you know is easier for you. But I, I definitely think that it's this the bell let's talk thing, or just the whole being able to turn to a friend and saying, you know, as Sterns, you mentioned, you know, like, I am just not having a good day today. And it's not so much that you're being negative. You're just simply expressing a feeling that you are, or an emotion that you are feeling. And uh, mm-hmm. just uh, being able to, I, I think it takes a lot just to turn to someone and actually discuss it. And I don't think it's so much a, a topic that comes easy, but I certainly think that it is important because, I mean, I don't think anyone expects to go on, you know, go with a, out with friends and what have you. And then the next thing, a, a friend of theirs or a buddy or a girlfriend, whoever, uh, doesn't, doesn't come back. And, uh, but it can easily happen that quickly when somebody is in that state of mind and they are not in a good place. So I just wanted to say that, that I think uh, what, what Bell Let's Talk, the, their thing does, I think is a great program. And, you know, I think we all need to remember that you never, like, I don't think that you can specifically say per se or, or paint with a picture that, you know, d- depression doesn't have a, a face or suicide doesn't have a, I mean, it could literally, you know, be anyone. And I, I wish I could remember the movie, but I remember watching a movie years ago. Um, I want to say it was a Bruce Willis film, but I, I, I'm probably wrong. But I remember like when he would rub up against people or touch someone. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Is that the one yeah. where he would like... That's the one. Bruce Willis someone? had the power where he could sense their intentions by rubbing up against them. Yes. Yep. So I, I just remember that movie, and I, I remember thinking about it. It was just interesting that you could see what 
someone was going through or their intentions were. And it's just, it's an interesting sort of movie. And obviously, I mean, none of us have the the powers to see that, but just it's an interesting scenario to where you, you have no idea what that person that you are interacting with at work or in a store or wherever is going through in their head. And uh, it's just something I think it's just, it's an interesting concept. Interesting that, you know, Hollywood would come up with that. And I think that frankly, it's something that we should all be, be aware of that. You just never know your friends, family, whatever, what they might be, be interacting and dealing with. And that uh, something is to keep in your head and they always keep those lines of communication open. Definitely a very good uh, set of points there, Motorsports Mofo. And I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that you took the time to discuss your personal as well as your uh, your family history in terms of uh, mental health and all that business. And it's not easy to digest or share, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then next, but not least, but uh, one of our last uh, personalities to drop some of his own personal stuff, the one and only Alan Smithy. Here we go, buddy. Let's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this is not going to have anything to do with uh, rolled up dollar bills and coke off of hookers' asses in Dubai. No, but... not at all. Well, that, that, I mean, it's a coping mechanism. I, you know, I want to. I want to reiterate a couple things. Uh, what Mofo said is so true. I think the the thing as a human being that you really need to do is take a look at people that you encounter and realize that everyone you meet in life is battling something that you have no idea what's going like what that battle is about. And I think empathy. It's always really the key. And I love what Cersei said about talking to yourself. Talk therapy, obviously, is the the key here. But talking to yourself is, in fact, something that is, I think, vital. I think if you, you know, you have these thoughts in your head and you have the voices in your head. And in my case, it's a a whole uh, team meeting. But um, (laughs) just you just, uh, I think the ability to verbalize that, to talk to yourself can be you know, soothing and, you know, to, to speak out loud and uh, whatever coping mechanism works for you um, is, is really the key. My, my thing is, is dogs. I think, you know, the, the best way to, to combat depression, the best way to combat uh, anxiety uh, oftentimes is simply having a dog. And, and I've owned a dog for a long time. And uh, I find that the dog even more than humans can be absolutely just the most comforting thing because you can talk to a dog. There's no judgment. There's no, you know, misunderstanding. It's just very, the dog is simply there to listen. And, you know, that you can take a dog for a walk and sometimes that's all you need to do to sort of combat a little bit of anxiety is to, uh, you know, walk the dog, take the dog for a walk and then clears your head. Um, what you have to be worried about is when the dog starts talking back to you, mm-hmm. because then you realize, of course, it's, you're not suffering an anxiety situation, you're suffering a drug situation. So, you, you know, if the dog starts talking back to you, you don't, you know, that's when you, you have to stop. But uh, with respect to, you know... We live in a society, we live in a modern world where everyone is suffering. Everyone is suffering anxiety and depression to a certain extent. And sometimes it's, you know, it requires therapy and medication. Sometimes it's just an awareness of, of that you're, you're going through this. We all go through this. I think it's a, just a, a symptom of the modern age. I think when you are young and you, you're not really responsible for yourself. When you when you get older and you become responsible for yourself, that's when these problems start to come up and you, you realize that, you know, you're you're going at a million miles an hour and you've got to get this done and do this. And just the stress and the anxiety builds up, you know, what what um, Astra said, what Mofo said, and do the same thing too. I, I'm grateful. I live very close to where I work. So for, for me, often, you know, if I forget whether I'll pull out of the, the garage 
garage and shut the garage door and I'll just be going down the road a minute and I'll be like, did I close that garage door? Like what? So, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I can just whip around the block and, and see for myself. But I think it's, Sometimes it's just we are so busy and life is so stressful. Modern life is so stressful, but that you don't have the time to to sit down and breathe. And what a therapist told me years ago was simply live in the moment and and being present without you know letting your your mind get calm that way by simply. I think the word they use is mindfulness. Um, And uh, that's really the key is just just being mindful of what's going on around you rather than going at a million miles an hour. It's hard in modern society. If you go back, you know, 200, 300, 500 years, I think people have always been depressed, but depression and anxiety wasn't really a prevalent issue 300 years ago because you you were either living or you were dying. And there was no, you know, there was no in between. There was no time for you to, to... conceptualize, oh, what am I going through? It's either I'm living or I'm dying. So we, we're now fortunate enough to live in a modern age where we can sort of better ourselves as, as human beings by understanding what we're all going through. Now, with respect to OCD, one of my favorite things to do is if I have friends who I know are in particular about frames, like picture frames, I will subtly like just move them off kilter Asshole. just when they're not paying attention. <laughs> I will just simply, when they're not looking, I'll just tip it, you know, tip the frames up and, and just do things like that. And, and that's always good for a lot. Or buy them you know, Lego okay, okay, and take out that ma- that major piece they're missing for the middle of their uh, tower so they can never build that tower and it would just watch them lose their fucking mind. I don't know where I got that yeah. from, just saying. <laughs> Alan, I've got to tell you this quick one. I've got a buddy yep. that, and uh, I, I think he listens, so this one is for him if you're listening. So yeah. as a big NASCAR fan, I've got all my die cast all lined up in cases. and I, I don't hold that against you too, by the way. No, and I, so here's where it gets crazy. So I can't just line them up by season. They have to be obviously by season, but then they have to be by date that the car was run on the track. By <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Wow, that's precise. Know. I know, I know. And then if it's a raced version, it has to be in place of when he won, but then it still has to be in chronicalized if date code was released before or after the regular. Anyway, the point is that I'm very precise how these are laid out. And God right. loves my buddy. God loves yeah. him. He'll come over. Um, if he has access to that case, I, I every time after he's left, I look at the case and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I've got to go and look and you know, one's been shifted here, one's over there. The average person would have no idea. You know, you look, oh yeah, they're all well, cars. But you see, I haven't had the I haven't had the uh, the the opportunity yet to visit the uh, the garage mahal, but I guarantee you, when I do, I will fuck up that organization. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to the best wow! But wow. Uh, but back to what Astra was saying, my new best friend in the whole world, Astra, the, the playlist thing is awesome. That That is something I do. And, and uh, you know, I think music, music is really the key to life. I think if you are, you know, music works for every situation. If you're, if you're down, you can listen to music that brings you up or listen to music that, you know, if you listen to sad music, it, it helps because it makes you feel as though someone is empathizing, you know, with yeah. you. You can see, you, you, you just, you feel that through the music and other times too you know you want to listen to loud anger music when you're feeling down because that is just sort of the opposite and you sort of want to force away whatever you're feeling by listening to like the angriest loudest music you can listen to so music is the great redeemer and pets are the great redeemer and uh as i said eddie murphy my girl wants to party all the time 
and Starship, We Built the City. Those two oh, songs. I love that song. That's really all you need in life. That's, that's you know, really I all actually, you need in life. You know, it actually is one of my things that I have nieces, and when they argue with each other, I actually make them sing the chorus of Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now to each other to make them not fight anymore. <laughs> you see? <laughs> there we go. So the only thing I, you know, the, the only thing I do that suits me that is sometimes when I'm driving and I'm down on Queen Street and I drive by Cam H, I just sing to myself, Patsy Klein, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy for feeling this way. No, but in all seriousness, I think, you know, this is, I, I think as humans, we need to, to appreciate what everyone else is going through and, and take a moment to, to reach out to the other person beside you and say, look, are you, are you okay? Do, do you need someone to talk to? Do you need someone who will listen? And I think, uh, as someone else said, listening is just not waiting to talk, but listening is actually being still being quiet and letting the other person or people just uh, absolve themselves of whatever is, is causing their pain and whatever's causing their, uh, their injury. That's actually one shot. Like that is a that's powerful uh, little analogy there, bud. I, I'm not just I'm not just a pretty face with cocaine and Pornhub, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Pornhub was my deal, but hey, you know you can we well, can yeah, share. Well, ask 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 her. It's it's my deal too. It's it's the real deal. Oh, oh God! I feel like it's the only thing you can do together and separately at the same time. <laughs> sure, absolutely, but not in the Pornhub way. No, <laughs> well, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> There we go. You know, everything you just covered there, Alan, is absolutely phenomenal and true. I think for me and my personal dealings in society, I feel like there's a couple of factors that come into play when it comes to um, depression and anxiety. I think one of the issues that comes with it is social media. I think this is a, an issue that become a bigger issue because of, you know, uh, this idea of like, I need to have like the best looking pictures and you have people that are suffering because they're not getting as many likes as, you know, person A or B, right? And I think that is right. caused like a whole new form of anxiety and depression because for some reason yeah. we need to compare up to the person next to us, right? Yeah, it's hard to do that. I mean, you you, you know, to live, some people, the, the realization that some people are having better lives than you is is stressful. And I think that the desire to compete with people on that superficial level, it just leads you down to a rabbit hole of doom and despair, you know. But on the flip side, I think what social media does is people don't have an outlet and that gives them an outlet, even if it's a, a little bit of narcissism. Yeah. It may be they need that narcissism to, to help themselves cope, cope, even though it makes them look shallow. I think you need that to, um, to, to sort of cope like that. I think, you know, I, I'll, I'll use the, the musician Kanye West as an example. Kanye, I think, has severe mental problems, but he is also a genius. And, yes. you know, however Kanye chooses to cope, I support him because, you know, he's just, he's just a genius. No, absolutely. No, it's yeah. It's true what you said, though. Like, I will be the first person to admit it. Like, when I'm feeling really, really shit about myself, I will post a selfie because the likes and the comments that you're so pretty make me feel better about myself. They do. Yeah. So I will, yeah. you know, like, I'm the first person to, to admit that I do that. So, it's, you know. It's like, a self-healing. It's a self-care. Social media, I think, in many ways, is a uh, is a is a self-care. Uh, as negative as it is, it's, it's a very self-care situation, I think, to the point but, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter is a great example. Twitter is just a, I love Twitter and I'm on it all the time, but Twitter is just a stream of sort of cognitive diarrhea. Yes. And 90% of the stuff you don't need, nobody needs, 
nobody cares that you like this or nobody cares that you're reading this or nobody cares about your views on the political situation but you need to get that out there because it is good for your soul. Yeah, it's nice to I get it off your chest for sure. The fine line, though, is like, you know, I will, like, I'll put something up because I, like, you know, the attention makes me feel good or whatever, but I don't put it up because I need that attention. Or I think that's when right. it becomes like a fine line where people who post pictures or post tweets all the time because they, like, they can't function without that attention or that attention is what drives them. That's when, you know, I think it becomes kind of like on the more negative side where you really have a risk of like developing some kind of anxiety or depression which it doesn't work out the way you want it to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's such a fine line. That's why I'm that happy really that, is. you know, Bell does what they do in terms of the Let's Talk Day. I'm not talking about Bell's uh, business model, but the idea that they've come out and decided to like really put something out there for people to open up with this idea of conversation like we're having now and just try to spread the word that, you know, this is just, it looks like depression and anxiety. It looks like something that it's actually not it just it just needs to be talked about and it just needs an open ear to talk about it and i know for instance the stigma that comes with depression not from my own suffering but from my mom's and i remember i had a friend of mine and i don't i don't i've really talked to him about this but uh when we were growing up he had a father that was suffering from depression and i always had this point of view about depression that it's just you know it's in your head and everybody has that and you you're going to hear this a million times a day especially when it comes up to bell let's talk day and like one day he just couldn't cope and he swallowed a container full of aspirin and that was the last we ever heard of him and it's really depressing because i watched his whole family just kind of like have to go through the motions and emotions of you know dealing with a loved one's death and it's not pretty so then fast forwarding it to my own personal life i've been watching my own mom suffer from depression and at first i still felt the same way despite watching my friend going through what he went through but I got to tell you, you know, I, I just call on occasion just to kind of check up. How are you doing? You know, what's going on? And, and like, there's nothing I can offer a lady that's raised me in terms of advice other than just shutting the hell up and listening to what she has to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, you know, there's no magic fix for depression or anxiety or anything like that. But what the one of the greatest things is, is support. And is knowing that the people who love you will be there for you and they're not going to shame you or shun you or get tired of you because you're a little bit more difficult that day, you know? Definitely. Right, or even if if you're in a situation where you don't have people that you're close to in your immediate circle or you're just not, you know, that you have the, like Cersei was saying, you have the ability to to acknowledge within yourself what you need to do and and sort of self-care because self-care you know you that is the that is your your first point of relief is to find that within yourself and care recognize within yourself the sadness and the depression the anxiety you're going through and then to be able to cope with that you know definitely i think some of the things that i use i uh like sturzy there's times you get down and i think talking to yourself is a very important tool i think i do that probably more often than i talk to anybody else because well for one i know that i'll listen <laughs> and uh you know <laughs> you know and like you really need to have that <laughs> you really need that positive talk like there was a i watched a an experiment where a guy had a glass jar and he was growing a plant, uh, growing two plants rather than two glass jars. And the one he yelled at every day and the other one, he was always kind and talked nicely to it. And you can see how that plant dealt with the negative and the positive. So when you're talking to yourself and everybody does it from time to time, try to remember that you have to be the, the nicest person to you, you know, so you can help yourself develop and kind of get through it. But don't don't be afraid to every now and then, like Sternsey says, correct your shit. Get yourself in order. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
there's sometimes you just need to give yourself a quick cuff and get back to it, you know? Yeah. I have a funny related story about that. I've got a friend who in Toronto worked for the transit system, and he's a bus operator. Okay. And uh, both him and his brother have uh, are always, they always talk to themselves very quietly, whether it's another, just a self-soothing or a psychological, you know, whatever, whatever. And anyhow, this, this guy, this is going back about six years or so, was quietly talking to himself. And a customer thought he was talking on a, on his phone, like uh, on an earpiece. So called it into the, the transit system, oh, and they no. disciplined them. And they could not. And the, the this operator tried to explain, no, this is I just talk to myself sometimes. This is just what I do to uh, to sort of soothe, soothe me. And uh, and and the, again, the the disciplinary commission or whatever, whatever, however they discipline people at the transit system, they would not believe that at all. They're like, no, no, they, you know, we can't prove that you were on your phone, but this customer definitely felt you were talking on the phone. And it's like, no, the person was just simply talking to themselves the, you know the, the coping mechanism because from what I understand it's a very stressful job and yeah. uh, this, this this person was just coping uh, they, they were just coping with it that way by by talking to themselves so yeah I think talk therapy is the key you, you need to talk to people and sometimes it's yourself whereas in my case sometimes it's just the dog and the dog is uh, you know is just a tremendous listener until of course the dog sort of looks at you and is like I have to go out and take a shit so can we can we <laughs> do this now please and don't mind me looking into your eyes when I'm dropping my logs <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I was just thinking when you said with the dog and listening like i I've, I've never seen a dog that actually listens it's trying to get the dog in from the backyard at two in the morning get in here well, that's two, in, two in the morning is, is a different thing altogether but if you're it's like you know uh, on a sunday afternoon at four o'clock and you're just sitting on the couch and you're like yeah so buddy this is what's going on my, with my life and the dog is like you give me a treat and you can uh, say whatever you need to say <laughs> yeah just pet you know me and get me water I was just thinking, though, it's true with the self-talk thing, though, and the opposite end as well. And this is something that I actually had a really, really hard time with for, like, my whole life. And I still do it, too, but it's something that I recognized a couple of years ago, and I've been, like, actively working to not. Is you should take, try to take a note and see how many times a day you talk shit about yourself. Like, you say, oh, man, I'm so stupid. Or, oh, I'm such a dummy. Or, oh, I forgot that. Or, oh, sorry, I screwed that up. Like, how many times do you actually put yourself down in a day? And a lot of times when you actually try to, like, think of that, you're like, wow, I actually am really mean to myself. And you don't really Yeah, most people are. You're, you're, far, you're far harder on yourself than you, than you ever really need to be, you know? And you're, you know, you're, you're, you're your own worst critic. I, I mean, it cuts both ways. Firstly... <laughs> Firstly, you're your own worst critic, and sometimes you, you you paint yourself to be much, much more awesome than you really are. I mean, in my case, I am, but in, in other people's cases, I'm just saying. <laughs> Definitely you, a legend you, in your you own mind, Alan Smith. To be, yeah, it, well, or you're just a legend, mofo. Come on. There's the legends in your own mind just being a legend, and I'm, I'm happy that I'm a legend. So, uh, yeah, there we go. But I agree. Uh, so that's a great point. You, you tend to beat yourself up more than anybody else would, and you tend to beat yourself up for things that nobody else would beat you know it would would be critical about you know you're like oh i'm so stupid well no you're not stupid what what the fuck are you talking about but you just you can't help it's a self-conscious self-criticism that uh is that just built into anxiety well i was gonna say that self-conscious self-criticism though it will literally like reinforce and solidify and build your your anxiety and your depression you know what i mean a hundred percent a hundred percent inside i think one of the uh, coping mechanisms i use for uh, self-love is uh edibles and pornhub i feel great after that (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's a, see, you got to because both can you can develop addictions, and that's the hard part is knowing where to draw that line, and that that life is so depressing. No matter how good of a life you have, like for example, you know, you hear about celebrities um, who who kill themselves, and and Robin Williams is a great example of someone who yeah. you know was had the ability to make everyone laugh, and but in the reality was he was it was a manic depressive. And you hear about other celebrities who you're just like, well, you know, why would they, why would they kill themselves? You know, I'm rich and I have all this money and I just, I can do whatever I want in life. But the reality is that, that everyone suffers uh, equally. And, and it's just, it's part of the human condition and there's nothing you can do except for realizing you've got these issues and, and dealing with them. But uh, with respect to Pornhub and, and edibles, you know, that it creates, you can become a sex addict. You can become a drug addict by just taking it too far. Now, again, I don't know about edibles if you can ever have too much and Pornhub. I don't think there's enough bandwidth on the internet for that, but you know, you, I feel like if I you use a sock or a different glove, you'll be how okay. Do you, uh, how do you deal with your, your addiction there? I, I just go full hot. I'm like, Hunter Thompson, I just go full on in with cocaine and hookers, man. This is oh, the only wow. way. Yeah, because look at it's nothing you just that have to know where the solve. edges. You really, you really have to know where the edges, and then just back yourself off from that edge uh, gently. You know, as yeah. long as you can touch the walls, then you know you're having a good night. <laughs> well, listen, if if you're paying somebody to listen, they'll listen. You yes. know what I mean? Hundred percent. That's the point. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Folks, on that note, you can find all our gear at uh, teespring.com. Get yourself a pair of yoga pants like my friend uh, Alan Smithy and Motorsports yep. Mofo. They my love ass it. looks fucking fantastic in them. <laughs> if it ain't tight, it ain't right. And then you also got t-shirts and hoodies and masks, just in case you're going to talk a lot of shit like yours truly here. Guys, I just want to take the time and really thank you for going through some of these painful things and talking through it with me and all the listeners. You know, no, everybody takes advantage of how easy it is to talk to people, but, uh, you know, it's not easy to display your personal side or your vulnerable side when it comes to like anxiety and depression. Once again, Asher Moon, thank you very much for your time. Of course, anytime. Thanks, sir. It was always a pleasure. Tio Big Show, once again, thanks for making the time to come on once again, brother. Yeah, so it was great hearing all the, uh, all the stories for sure, man, for sure. Always a pleasure. Sturzy, thank you once again, brother. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, this is different, different than what we're used to. But, yes, um, I know we usually do the burger talk, and we're going to have one coming up shortly, I believe. Yeah, well, you know, I've been hitting places. You know me, I'm not shy. Just, just don't go to Johnny's anymore, okay? Let's just no, oh, right please don't. You know what? <laughs> To be I'm telling you, do not do it. Victoria Park, Johnny's is just not the same, and I'm dropping that right now. It may be controversial, but Sturcy, just deal with it, it's man. Not, it's, not, it's not controversial if I agree with you. <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> because, just to be honest, Johnny's fell off. Like, no, man. No. Ten, years, ten years ago. If Johnny you want to talk off. about depressing, the fact that that place is not good anymore, that's depressing. Definitely. But you know what? I agree. I agree. Motorsports Mofo, thank you for going through your family history and talking about some of the stuff you've had to deal with, including your, your issues with Lego and puzzle pieces. <laughs> you know what? You guys go ahead and laugh, but... Uh, oh, I again, am. Again, <laughs> yeah. that there is just a, a small example. And I mean, to the listeners, you know, never be ashamed to to talk about, you know, what's on your mind. Uh, friends, family, people are always there to listen. Again, it was an absolute pleasure to uh, do this today with all y'all. And, uh, you know, remember that uh, Bell Let's Talk Day, make sure you spread that message around. Definitely. And then the wonderful Alan Smithy. Again, Brother, I your... love you. I love all of you. And my new best friend, Astra, you guys just take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. May the force be with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and on that note, folks, Except remember. Except for you, mofo, oh, fuck, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and your Lego pieces. Thank, th- th- thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. And remember, folks, Lego. always go deep. Go deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast. T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astra Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support and remember, always go deep.